Welcome to Deconstruction Damsels. I, of course, am your host, Jessica, and I'm back. <laughs> I had planned to come back earlier in May, and then I got a cold, and it was one of those, like, stuffy nose ones, and if you're pregnant, the only thing you can have is saline spray, so it doesn't do anything for you. And if you hear any crunching in the background, so sorry, but my puppy is eating a treat, and she's my puppy, and she wins. But I had planned to come back. <laughs> so one of the things I would planned to do will be moved into next month. I'm going to record it in just a few minutes after I record this. I just wanted to come in and say I know that May is AAPI month. And Jackie Lau has a thread of books that have come out by other AAPI writers and romance writers specifically. And so I wanted to go ahead and read some stuff. And I have Scribd right now. Script is a great resource. I highly recommend it if you can get access to it because I got a ton of Harlequin books very inexpensively and I actually picked The Heirs of Hansel by J.C. Lee for my selection. It's a three-part series, so I'm going to go over this kind of fast because I know everyone is busy this time of year because schools are letting out and people just are constantly going on. All right, so here's why I picked J.C. Lee's book series, because it was on script. <laughs> like, literally, that was the reason. I wanted to read one of her newer ones, but it was not available. However, this was. So I was like, okay, cool. I actually planned on reading a couple of other AAPI authors, and I ended up choosing to do it this way because I wanted to read a series. I haven't read Harlequin. I haven't discussed it in a very long time, especially on here, and I figured, hey, why not? That was my plan. I also have to take a break for a second because I always forget to say this. And I want to say thank you to patrons Dottie and Carrie. Carrie is from Muppet Profiles. Dottie is one of the most amazing people I know. So I wanted to give you guys a shout out. And I did not forget. <laughs> I keep, you know, not putting anything out, but I actually haven't forgotten. But back to the story. So because it's because of people like patrons that I can do this so anyway now to go back to that I really enjoyed the idea of a Harlequin Desire series because I have not read Harlequin Desire in again a very long time I typically read the super editions the you know the thick blue books those are the ones I prefer however again availability options audiobooks because all I can handle is audiobooks right now and they had really great narrators so that made it much easier for me to make the decision to do the whole series as well Okay, so the three books I read were Temporary Wife Temptation, Secret Crush Seduction, and Off Limits Attraction. I preferred, of the three, I the highest rating that I gave to was Secret Crush Seduction. And that was because I think it fit more in with the line of what the overall family business was, which was like fashion and, you know, moving and shaking in Hollywood in that way and I, I feel like it really fit the description of what it was. I also very much liked the heroine Adelaide. I thought she was amazing. I felt like she knew who she was. She was just waiting for others to catch up and I found that really helpful and intriguing especially because in this case Adelaide was making these great outfits for people that had sensory issues whether this be you know autism or someone who can't feel it because of an autoimmune disorder or anything and I found that highly 
engaging as a reader because I haven't really seen that in books. And I appreciate the fact that, you know, the character put a lot of thought and effort and time into creating this line and getting things going. And I, you know, the, the romance was kind of like really good, but it wasn't the best romance I've read, but it was like, it was better than the other two, I think, in my opinion, because it wasn't instant lust. It was, <laughs> so it was younger sister attracted to brother's friend, right? Older brother's friend. And so, or cousin, you know, family member's friend. And so I thought that was a very interesting way of doing this. I appreciated the effort that, you know, Lee put in creating this very strong world building in this particular book. Because, so to go back a little bit, the first book was Temporary Wife Temptation. And that one involved instant lust between the two characters. And I honestly just didn't feel that. I felt the heat, but I didn't feel the romance side of it, right? And so for me, we all know that's really important. And I, just, I couldn't follow and I couldn't catch what they were trying to create in this world because it felt like the hero was just missing something. Basically, I felt like Garrett was not good enough for Natalie. And I felt like Natalie needed a lot more power in these circumstances because of what she was trying to do. She was trying to like get control of her niece after her sister died and it was this whole thing and she needed to have a family because you know that trope of you need to have a full family to get control of your child and to take or get control because there was no writing that, that she got control of it. It went directly to the grandparents which another story altogether. But anyway so I just feel like Garrett was missing that engagement because he was very attracted to her but he was like holding off not doing this not doing that and I just I didn't fall for the romance as easily as I did from Adelaide and Michael I feel like Adelaide and Michael in the the secret crush obsession had more of a foundation because it wasn't instant lust it was you know I've been looking at you from far away I can see this you know you don't go after your friend's little sister you don't go after family like you keep you keep that separate because Michael didn't really have a family. So the, the Hansel's, the Hansel's company kind of became the family. Now it's Garrett's song, but I call them the Hansel's because a lot of this story honestly is more directed towards that element than the family element sometimes. And I think that maybe this story suffers a little bit from that as well. But overall, I think that the Adelaide and Michael resolution made more sense and I think that it had a lot more elements to it that I really enjoyed and I felt like the comparison between the two almost wasn't fair in some ways because Garrett and Michael had very similar reservations about things but not necessarily the same reasonings I just felt like there was a lot of unnecessary miscommunication between them however I really enjoyed the fact that you know, Adelaide and Michael seemed to get along and it wasn't a lot of off stuff, right? Like it wasn't a lot of, you know, well, I'm not attracted to you, blah, 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 which is kind of nice because I get tired of that trope, to be honest. Again, miscommunication is not a really high level way of getting me into, interested in anything. However, I will say that I did not like the fact that Michael was hiding something from Adelaide this whole time and did not do anything about it until the very last minute and he did that whole I'm making the choice for you and honestly 
that is one of my least favorite things in any book that I read, but especially in romance, because I don't like it when the guy is that self-centered and knowing what someone else wants and doesn't listen to what's going on and doesn't give someone the opportunity to make that allowable. And that kind of leads into why I didn't like Off Limits Attraction, which was the last book of the series, and that was Colin and Jihei, I think is how you say the name. And I did not like the fact that, okay, so the whole storyline is from the first book to to the last book is that there's been corporate espionage going on. And in this last book, the corporate espionage is dealt with, but it's all off page. That drives me crazy because if you've got this art going across all this and it's affecting each book, then you need to be able to put it on page, at least in some point, and not say, oh, well, I handled my father, I chose not to do this, so forth, so forth. Or, you know, I dealt with my grandmother because in this, there's a grandmother is a very central matriarch for the Song family, and I love that about it. I, I actually really like her. I think that she can be overhanded and stuff like that sometimes. But I like the fact that she's very engaged in what's going on in the business, even though that she's retired in some way or another. But in that same way, you have Colin, who is like, oh, I don't want to be like my dad, so I'm not going to put my name on anything. That's great. I mean, that makes sense to me, right? Because the other the other two books have dealt with being on the public side. So what happens if you're not wanting to associate yourself with the family, but still be part of the family? on a relationship level versus a business level. I love that. I think that's a great way of doing it. I just felt like Colin was missing a lot of important depth that he did not get. And I did not like the way that the corporate espionage was handled because that was a key function between the romance between these two. Like, what's going on with this? Well, I can't get involved with her because her family has done something to my family, so forth, so forth. And the awful misattractions, obviously the enemies to lovers. But the thing is, is I never felt like it was enemies to lovers because, honestly, Jihei's issues were, rel- were valid. You know, they, they said what they needed to say. It was, you're expecting me to be like my father, even though you know who I am now because we've had all this time together. We've been sleeping together. We've been doing this. I didn't necessarily like it in the entire thread of the three books. But I think this one and... I think Michael and Colin were very deceptive, and I'm not a fan of that. However, I do recognize this is a me thing. This is not any other reader. So if you like the more rich, I'm not going to say alpha because it's not alpha, but if you like the more rich, statured, has you know the this ability to make people do things, so forth, so forth, then you're going to like these books. This was just a kind of a... Because in the end, I ended up giving the series overall three stars, which again is not bad for me because I'm very critical about romance more than I am about any other genre. However, I feel like the miscommunication was a bit on the downside. I will say, however, if you do like Steam, J.C. Lee wrote amazing, amazing Steam. She has a lot of it. There's a lot of interesting places, different positions. And when I say different places and positions, I don't mean like erotica, but I mean within the characters and their storylines and what's going on, it makes a lot of sense. And I think that Adelaide and Michaels probably had the best look at what was going on within the series, right? And so they would not go home because Adelaide lived with her grandma. 
so they would do outside of that or she spent a lot of time with her grandma and so when those kind of things happen it creates a very easy narrative to follow overall i know i've been kind of like down a little bit and i'm not i just i have really i don't like miscommunication <laughs> miscommunication is one of my big buttons but Overall, I really think that the characters worked. I think Jiha needed to be slightly older than 27. I think she should have been somewhere around 32 for the story to work, some of the things that she went through. And I think Natalie actually worked because she seemed to be in a position of growth and power as things went on. And I love that for her. You know, she was very strong in what she wanted to do. Obviously, Adelaide was determined to prove her grandma and her family wrong about her being... A, not as serious as she should have been because she wasn't perfect the entire time, which is a theme throughout this, by the way. Grandma expects every single one of these, you know, grandkids to be above and beyond what they should be. And I want to take that into account because I think it's important to note that. And it definitely left scars because I know that uh, Garrett and Adelaide, their parents are gone and Collins was a, you know, ne'er-do-well, basically. So they need that connection. They need that together time. And I think it's important that Grandma was featured in the story. And I think she was a very strong element in why they chose the path they did. For the romance, again, I think Adelaide and Michael had the best. And then I think it would be Garrett and Natalie. And then I would say it would be Jiha and Colin. And only because I felt like the espionage part of the relationship was kind of ignored and I'm going to go back through for right quick and talk about the plot from each of these because I think I missed that part but in Natalie and Garrett he needs a temporary wife because he doesn't want to be set up with somebody who ends up being Jiha in the end uh, and then Natalie needs someone you know to take control for her kids and then they end up getting married very quickly Make it seem like, oh, it's a love match or whatever. It's obviously not at the time. But it, it helps, you know, create this strong bond between them. And to Garrett's credit, he does really take care of uh, Natalie's niece. Like, he does treat her as if a part of the family. And I appreciate that. I appreciate the family bond there. Because I think sometimes, as romance readers, we kind of want that. We want to have a healthy relationship between a family of blendings and different elements and uh, Natalie doesn't know a lot about her, like, Korean side because she's half Korean, whereas, of course, Garrett knows a lot because he's got ties in both America and Korea because of his business. And then you have Adelaide and Michael, and Michael has got a very serious secret that he doesn't want to tell, so he doesn't want to get serious with Adelaide. Adelaide is out to prove her grandma that she can do fashion, she can be an heir, she can do what she needs to do to keep this company going. And they have, they have this kind of like, she ropes Michael into doing this big ball with her. And it's a very interesting dynamic of he doesn't want to, but he will because he knows and, you know, stuff like that. And I appreciate the fact that Adelaide wasn't a perfect character. She had some elements of, you know, well, I messed up. I know that, but I corrected it. I've been doing well. I think that's something that a lot of us as readers can understand. We all messed up at some point in our life and have to start over for whatever reason it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's like you know going to school if you lose a job that you really want it, it doesn't matter we just have to start, start over and I appreciate that the romance was actually centered a bit on that again 
I, I feel like it was probably the strongest one of the three because it actually got a three out of five stars for me. And Natalie and Garrett got a three star and Off Limits Attraction with Colin and Jiha got a two and a half star. And that was just because I did not believe the romance. In part because Colin was doing things as a non-song song. <laughs> and by doing so, he was able to get access to more since Jiha wanted to make a movie based on this book series or this book and you know he wanted to do it and she wanted to do it so together they kind of created a really good partnership and it feels like there was too much unsaid in that relationship which is why I only got two and a half stars because she was very controlled by her family it was very like family first must do this and I'm I'm not AAPI. I, I can't say if this is accurate, so I cannot say that. But it seems to be a theme among books that I've read within the, the genre of, you know, family first versus individualism. And I think that's very interesting from a reader standpoint, because the whole point of a Harlequin novel almost is to put yourself first for that. My, my growth, my love, my movement. And so I think it's a very interesting element to add to that. Like I said, I didn't buy the romance because I felt like Colin was keeping too many secrets from her and looking at the espionage. And then when it was solved, it was solved off page. And it was just kind of like dropped. And from book one to book three, I need to have a little bit more over on that because Michael was also involved in looking at some of the stuff going on in the corporate espionage. And, you know, Natalie and all of them had a play, a piece to play in that basically. And, it just I think it was a weak ending on that element and it kind of drove it down because that was the big will they won't they element right to Colin and Jiha so I don't know it, it kind of like make it down a little bit but I wanted to bring all that up because I spent all this time explaining in the beginning and realizing I forgot to explain this in the middle I'm sorry I don't have notes I just haven't felt like making notes this pregnancy has been Interesting, I've been reading, 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 but the actual executive function of making notes and creating stuff has been kind of like out there. I have like little mini notes on my phone and that's about it. It also doesn't help that I listen to the audiobook, so I don't have a physical copy to look at. But I think overall this is a good series. Like if you want something light, and when I say light, I don't mean that derogatory. I mean like if you want something where you can just listen and not have to put together an entire world building, right? You 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 get the basic ideas, it's contemporary romance, it's desire, so it's got a lot of steam, it's got a lot of, you know, connection, and I will say that Lee does an amazing job putting consent in this book as well. Like, there, there are no questions to that. Everything is done consensually, and it's done well. So, overall, I think the series was a hit. It, you know, it was like, it was a good hit, it was like a three. Three out of five is not bad. I think that it could have used a little bit more work in certain areas, but I also realize that's a category romance thing, too. You have a much smaller amount of space to write a bigger story, and sometimes the story suffers for that. So I'm not taking that against anybody. It's just it's a me problem more than anything. If you have Scribd, you can listen to them all on audiobook. I did. I did it in, like three or four days it was great because I think the longest one is only like six hours long so it's a very easy book to listen to which means it's you know fairly short on pages 
bringing that up because a lot of us seem to have ADHD issues right now and focusing issues and I enjoy when I can find something that I can talk about that's short and to the point. I have some things coming up next episode but I don't want to talk about them because I'm going to again record them soon. It's interesting I've been reading a lot more series in romance lately so we'll see how that goes. Well or partial series, considering what I'm going to be talking about next. I'm hoping my next one will be the Denver Mustangs, the first two by Alexa Martin. I really enjoyed them, so I want to talk about them a bit, but I am looking for things. So, like, if you know something on Scribd, please let me know. I have Scribd, and I have Libby, and my Libby is kind of, like, hit or miss because it's a library, obviously, but... You know, script gives you a lot more options. I prefer audiobooks right now. It's just where my brain lands at the moment. If you have any questions, if you want to find me, I'm on Damsel's Podcast on Twitter more than anything. I honestly forget email even exists right now for the most part. I'm like, oh, right, I have things to do. It's a thing. And I'm kind of putting in romance with a lot of other reading as well because I was getting burnout and I'm slowly coming back into romance, reading more of it again. It's just taking a little bit of time to get there. I I find I get burnout more easily, especially during this pregnancy. It's because I'm at 24 weeks, so we'll see how that goes. Which, by the way, I guess I can tell everybody, <laughs> since this will be going up probably in the next couple of days, I am having a little girl. And she's doing very well according to the anatomy scan, and I am very excited about that. So, yeah, I'm going to be a girl mom. And my husband is very excited to be a girl dad, and I'm putting that out there because there's this very weird toxicity when it comes to dads and babies about only wanting a boy. And my husband was so excited to have a girl, he didn't want a boy. He wanted a daughter, and he wanted a daughter because I've always dreamed about having one. Like, And I mean that literally like our daughter. I've always dreamed about having our daughter. And so it, it's this amazing feeling of, of having that premonition be right. And it's very exciting. I've started buying some books. Yes, I have kids' books that I've been buying. They're mostly in German. But I'm looking for ones that are in English. It's just harder to find them at a more reasonable price over here. I am thrilled that our daughter is doing well, that she seems to be okay. And the due date seems to be somewhat on time. (laughs) We finally got some answers that we've been wanting and have been waiting for because I went through a pretty not so great time period for a little bit with the baby doctor situations going on. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I found a very fat phobic doctor. But I I want to have this kind of discussion a little bit because I feel like we need to normalize the fact that I'm I know I'm pregnant, right? <laughs> like but my husband's enthusiasm is often confusing for people and I want people to realize that it's okay to have positivity and I want to give a huge shout out to Celestine Martin who is Jelly Bean Ray on Twitter because we have a lot of discussions about this and I I love the fact that she also normalizes it because she has a miracle baby as well rainbow babies are yeah and so it's just it's nice to hear about other fathers being just as excited because again a lot of the message boards like oh my my husband was so disappointed we're not having a boy or I'm so disappointed I can't give my husband a son and I'm like you can teach your kid to be whatever they want and just because the 
assignment at birth is a girl or a boy does not mean that that's who they're going to be when they grow up. So maybe take that into account. And I bring that also up because my partner, my husband is non-binary and he goes by he, him, or they, them. So I'm bringing this up because everything is exciting and you don't know everything is determined because you're having a boy or a girl, right? And I'm, just, I'm thrilled that my daughter is on the way. We have one of her names for sure is Ray, R-A-E, and that is because she is A, a Southern <laughs> adjacent person. And I love the name Ray. I've loved it since I was like 15. And B, because I call my husband Sunshine and she is our Ray of Sunshine, right? And so Ray is very important to us. I'm bringing that up because I think it's important and I want to put that out in the atmosphere that Ray is coming. All right, guys, I'll see you next time. Take care. Remember to be more, be more happy even when it doesn't feel like you can. And I don't mean like force yourself. I mean like be happy that I don't know your glasses are clean or that you've, you know, got the chance to go to, I don't know, the bathroom. at work right it's not about the big things it's just be happy because that helps you and I want everyone that listens to be healthy as they as healthy as they can and I don't mean by my standards I don't mean by anyone else's standards I mean by your standards and so I just want everyone to be happy and to start to fulfill themselves because a lot of things can happen and we can lose people and it sucks and it's horrible but We also need to remember self-care, as in self-care of self, not like the weird self-care going on social media. It's just to remember that we matter and to remind ourselves that, that when the world doesn't listen, including our own inner world. Okay, guys, I will see you next time. Bye. (laughs) Oh, ha, I almost left and I forgot to put this. If you want to read some of my reviews also, you can check out, just checks out books on Instagram. I mostly use that more than the damsels one because it's easier for me to have one instead of two. But I have some reviews of romances up there as well. And if you're a Patreon, you're going to have another Harlequin up and just as fast as this one comes up. Okay, guys, now I'm really leaving. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 